So welcome to this month's edition of Field Notes. I'm your host, Jeff Weisenberger. Our guest this month is Barry Zuckelman, Executive Chairman and CEO of Zuckelman Industries, the parent company of AISC member Atlas Tube. Barry, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so I would like to start off with the Zeckelman uh, Industries uh, Make It Here ad campaign, which has uh, appeared in prominent publications like The Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Inc., USA Today, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Fast Company. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what prompted it? You know, what's it all about and who it's designed to reach? Yeah, I, I, sure. I, I mean, I, I think what really prompted it um, was just, you know, my own... Uh, um, uh, feeling and my own experiences with, with making things here um, and what it's done for the communities that we have our, our businesses, our operations in and, 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 and the people it helps there, um, you know, what it contributes to. And the fact that, you know, I, I get a little bit tired of hearing people say that you can't, you know, make things competitively in, in, in America and in North America. And, um, you know, it, it's a dying, uh, a dying industry, so to speak, or, or, or a dying art. Um, I just don't believe that. I mean, we're living proof of that. We're, uh, you know, we're regarded as the most efficient tube producer in the world. Uh, you know, we consume two and a half million tons of steel a year. We're the largest structural tube producer um, in, in North America. And, um, you know, expanding, uh, you know, every year we're in the process now of, uh, of uh, putting in the largest ERW tube mill in the world for the largest um, uh, hollow structural sex sections that'll be available in ERW form, mm-hmm. you know, 22 square, one inch wall. And, and so, you know, those are all, uh, you know, just testaments to, to the ability to succeed here. And, and you, you know, there's a way to do it. And, uh, it, you know, I want people to realize just how much it means to the communities. I, you know, I believe that a rising tide floats all boats. But, but fundamentally, I think that a lot of the problems we have today—the angst, the tension, the anxiety, the drugs, the, the unemployment, the crime, the broken marriages—all all of these things are are all rooted around communities not having a sense of purpose, right? And, sure. and by that, I mean that you know the the, the jobs have vacated there. And they don't have a purpose, and and the cost of that is is far far greater than than people can ever imagine. And and the, and and you know we 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 always try and get cheap goods from wherever, or buy things the cheapest we can. But you know we, we that's the headline price. We have to understand the back end price, and that back end price are these crumbling communities and the. The, the unrest and, 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 and the other things that are going on in our communities today. And we're going to pay a big price for that. And people need to think about, you know, making it here, supporting our communities. Um, and I don't think that that's a sacrifice of, of making any less money or getting a product that's, that's any more expensive. I think a lot of things can be made here and, and, and we can do the right thing and, uh, and support our communities and, you know, kind of pay it back. Sure. Very good. Well, yeah, and it's a very um, holistic and unifying message. I'm curious, have you, have you been seeing a good response to it, to the campaign? We have. I mean, a tremendous response. I mean, I'm getting um, calls and emails and um, uh, opportunities um, uh, from all different segments of, of industry and, uh, and, and business. And I don't mean they're 
necessarily directly to us or for our company. That's not what this is about. Um, you know, I'm not looking for someone to come to me to buy some tubes because of those ads. You know, the people have come to me asking me, you know, how, how they can get something made here. And I, you know, I'm going to try and use my resources to hook them up with someone or, you know, create a, a, a network of people that can talk and share their ideas and maybe help each other build businesses here. And, you know, put, put people in touch with other people that want to do it here. I mean, I, you know, I, I believe people want to do the right thing. I think sometimes they'll take a very easy path mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and, and go, go, go to China or go to, you know, Thailand and, and just, you know, quickly get it. But there's a way to do it here. It take, might take a little more uh, effort, but uh, the rewards of that are, 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 are fantastic. I mean, you know, the, 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 the best thing, the best feelings I get are when I, you know, I walk through my plants and guys come up and talk to me about, you know, what a great, great time it is working here. And they put their kids through school and the guy who just took the big fishing trip or, you know, bought himself an RV. And, you know, I mean, it's meaningful. These are, these are lives and, uh, and, and, and there's an effect there. And, you know, um, uh, I, I just feel so proud I'm able to contribute to that and at least provide an environment for for, for, you know, those teammates of ours to go out and do it. And I, I, I really, I believe a lot of people feel that way and they just, you know, maybe need a little prodding and maybe need a little, you know, um, uh, you know, reflection and, 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 and thought process and look back and, and look internally as to, Hey, you know what? Um, maybe I can do things a little bit different with my company and make, make a bigger difference. Sure. And, and, and I think that, I think that's important. I think we need to get back to that. Absolutely. Sure. And you sort of answered my next question because, you know, we're talking about domestic steel and then you were talking about, you know, steel coming from overseas is, you know, Besides, I mean, in addition to what you just told me, is there something that you say to building owners, say somebody who's like, okay, I'm putting up a new skyscraper in whatever city, and they're like, you know, I know I, I like what you're saying, but I can save, I don't know, 5% or so by getting my steel from X country. I mean, is there anything you can say to them? Yeah, I, I mean, first off, I, I say, are you sure about that? Right. right. I mean, you know, let's look at it. You know, let's look at different ways to value engineer things. Let's look at different technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, all all of those things. Number one, and 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 number two. You know, if you look at the cost of steel in a skyscraper, mm-hmm. I mean, it's tiny. You know, compared to the to, to the whole building. Right. And if if you think about it, and, and okay, maybe you can save five percent. I'm putting in this new mill. All mm-hmm. right. The mill, the, the machine itself is about $70 million. The whole expansion is 150. Okay. And they came to me and they said, you can save 10 million bucks by, by getting, getting the castings and the main housings in China. And I said, absolutely not. No way. And it's $10 million. But, you know, $10 million over the life of an asset that's going to live for 50 years. Right. So, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I'm not doing it because it's right to get it here or from, or from you know, and this particular machine's not made here. It's coming from Germany. But uh, in Germany, they treat their workers well. Another piece of equipment we're getting, um, you know, I, I, I demanded that the stuff be fabricated over here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Find a fab shop, let them do the racking over here and put a, build as much of it over in America as we can. And it cost me a couple hundred thousand dollars more, but you know what? Um, 
you know, those people are, are you know, we're going to use American steel. Uh, I'm producing the tube. There's going to be American workers doing it. They're going to pay American taxes. So is that business. And, you know, at the end of the day, maybe my taxes won't go up because the rest of the country is doing great and paying and, and, and the, the, the whole quantum of taxes go, are going into the system are higher because everybody's making more money. Sure. So, you know, you got to think about the whole circle of life, if you will. And yeah, look, we do well, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I, I, I don't always have to squeeze the last bit of juice out of the lemon, <laughs> right? And, very true, very true. I mean, you know, you, know you don't always have to do that. And I, I think people need to remember that because, you, you know, when you do that, you, you pluck everything off the tree and squeeze it off. There's no tree left. You got to leave some fruit hanging there, and and, and so 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 the the tree can flourish. And we've forgotten that, and we've taken it all out. And and you know what? It's it's time that we just calm down a little bit and rethink the whole value proposition of what we're doing here and what it really means. You know. So there are Buy American provisions when it comes to bridge projects. Um, what do you? Th- what are your thoughts on having those same provisions being applied to just any publicly funded or government funded projects? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay, I mean it, it, it's it's the taxpayers' dollars that are going into this. Mm-hmm. Why on right. God's earth? Would we buy this stuff, you know, from countries, you know, these fabrications come in from China, uh, uh, that, that, you know, countries that pollute, that are, you know, we, we talk about uh, uh, you know, global warming mm-hmm. and we want to join the Paris Climate Accord and all this. Yeah, you know, we give business to China. Mm-hmm. I just lost a, a solar farm job in Canada. The fabrication went to China on a solar farm, wow. which is being essentially the offtake of that is being paid for uh, uh, by the government, subsidized by the consumer through higher electricity rates, and China's the beneficiary, mm-hmm. and we're putting up a solar farm to have clean, clean green power being made in a country that has a callous disregard for the environment. If it can't be made here and you don't have it, okay, it's a different story, but if it can be right. made here, it should be Make made it here. here. Absolutely. Well, you know, so speaking of making it here, um, so just switching gears a little bit from foreign versus domestic, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's widely known or at least perceived that we, there's a shortage of younger people who are, who are looking into uh, manufacturing for their, for their career is, do you have any thoughts on how, you know, the best ways to get the next generation to consider jobs and welding, ironworking, fabrication, mills, or just manufacturing in general? Well, look, first off, it's not just manufacturing, Mm -hmm. right? We've done a terrible disservice to, uh, you know, the the generations of kids, um, you you know, going through school and basically from a very young age, convincing them that getting your fingernails dirty is a bad thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's demeaning. You're no good. You're stupid. Right? Oh, you're you're not going to amount to anything. You've got to go to college or university. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with going to college or university, but there's nothing wrong with working. And you know, we've sent kids down the wrong pathway. 
and kids that weren't meant to go down that pathway. Mm -hmm. And we've given them this grand illusion that has turned out to be just that. And, um, and now we're paying for it. You know, we've got generations of, uh, of people out there who don't know how to work with their hands, who look down upon it and frown upon it, mm -hmm. and we're losing that skill set. So, you know, first and foremost, we have to change there, and we have to identify we have to identify young people and their proper pathway, what they really will excel towards, and promote that and encourage that. You know, you got you got plumbers who are making more money than lawyers. I can tell you that much. So. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get smart at an early age, and also we need to go out and show that. We need to go publish the incomes of some of these people. We need to have them talk about how they enjoy their job, you know, how gratifying it is to make something or point to something that you made. You know, um, quite frankly, I, you know, I, I push pencils and, and, and paper around now when I used to actually make stuff, and I miss it. And because it was gratifying, so I still do stuff around the house and have some hobbies like that, so I can, you know, do something that I, you know, show that accomplishment. Um, but we need to promote that, and, mm -hmm. and we need to show them how it can be a great living, um, how it can be gratifying. At the end of the day, you should do what you love to do, right? And that'll then you'll be successful at it. And there's many, many people who love doing their 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 job that's a physical job or making something i mean they, they they have a ton of pride in it and i think we need to promote that happiness too so we've got to show that our industry is thriving mm -hmm. we got to show the investment we're putting in my company alone over the last year and this year spending 430 million dollars in capex we're a private company mm -hmm. i mean we're real we're growing there's a future here the jobs pay well and we need to promote that and we need to show that everybody should and uh, and show them that, you know, um, you can go to four years of college and get a poli sci degree, but you're going to be a barista. OK, mm -hmm. or <laughs> you, you can go to a trade school and, and uh, go, go be an elect tech and come make 120 grand a year for us and more. So, you know, pick your choice, man. Sure. I mean, we, we've got we've got a lot of opportunity and I'm not just saying us. I mean, our entire industry and many, many other industries, high paying jobs, high gratification and uh, and a lot of room to learn and expand and grow. And, uh, you, you know, I, I think they, they need to see that we need to tour them through it. We need to go to college. We need, we need to not college campuses. We need to go to grade school. Mm -hmm. Right. We right. need to go to elementary schools and and do, do, a, do a, you know, a lunch and learn with eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds and show them cool machinery and cranes and, and, and tube mills and steel mills and robotic welding and plate benders and all of these things and, and lasers that, you know, that, that cut sheet and, and cut tube and show them how cool it is because it is cool. It's a very cool industry and there's a lot of technology, a lot of sophistication, and it can be a lot of fun. Looking forward to when um, you know, things have opened back up, so to speak, around the world and around the country. You know, what makes you optimistic uh, for the construction industry moving forward? But on, on top of that, do you see major shifts in, in terms of what types of buildings are going to be built? Oh, you know, the, 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 the pendulum always swings too far, right? So there'll be an overreaction of people, we're not going into skyscrapers anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mm -hmm. be in an elevator, right? All mm -hmm. of these things. And, oh, we'll go out to suburbia, right? 
that only lasts so long. People need to be together. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, they they still do need, you can't just do everything on a zoom call. So, you know, um, the one thing we are seeing is a massive increase in, uh, in warehouse and distribution. Um, sure. So, you know, those, those buildings are, you know, going crazy. Um, data centers, uh, power generation to power the data centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, all of these things are, are moving pretty solidly along. Um, so, and then with, you know, if, if suburbia is going to explode again, you're going to still have to have everything around it to support that. Sure. So it'll be different, different construction and, 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 uh, and, and, and look, buildings theoretically are going to have to be bigger for the occupancy, right? Right. So, you know, because they want more social distancing, which mm-hmm. I hate that word, but anyway, right. um, uh, uh, you know, so you know, there'll be that overreaction, uh, you know, and, 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 and I do think it's an over, I, I do think it's an overreaction, but, um, uh, uh, you know, we'll have to figure it out. But, but, I, but I think there's, um, I, I think that, uh, a lot of other areas are getting pummeled, right? I mean, you know, we still haven't seen the full effect of these small businesses that are, that are going to get crushed. Right. I mean, that's the problem. The little guy is getting crushed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Walmart can have 800 people in the store, but, you know, Ann's dress shop can't have three people in the store. Or, you know, or the little diner on the corner have mm-hmm. the social distance. Mm-hmm. They're not social distancing in Walmart. And I've got nothing against Walmart. They're, they're a great company, a great, you know, a, a great store. But, you know, come on. You, 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 can't, you can't change the rules. Uh, you know, all over, you know, everywhere you turn. So you were either going or we're not. Right. And, uh, um, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem. So I feel really, really horrible for, um, you know, quite frankly, the, the, the middle class and the business, small business owners, um, you know, we're just creating more of a divide here and it's not good. It's not good at all. It's going to lead to lead to a lot more tension and a lot more problems. Right. Well, I just have a few questions left, and we'll get onto like kind of fun, more fun topics. Um, so we were talking about looking forward. I want to look back a little bit um, to the mid '80s. So I understand that you and your brothers took over the company's leadership. I believe it was 1986. Um, upon your uh, father's passing, um, I'm just curious. You know, you've been in the family business um, ever since, and probably before that. Did you ever have another career path in mind when you were younger, or do you feel that you were destined to join the family business? Well, the, the, the family business wasn't really the tube business. My dad, we, you know, he had real estate. He dabbled in a mm-hmm. bunch of things. The, 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 the tube business was, you know, in 1986, had five employees and was, you know, within months of bankruptcy. Wow. So... Yeah, you know, we didn't even, you know, we weren't really thinking about it. You know, I didn't even know if it was going to be around. Now, I was always mechanically inclined, mm-hmm. and I knew I, I knew how tube was made because I'd walked through the plant. But other than that, I didn't know a damn thing. So, yeah, I, I actually wanted to be a fighter pilot. So, okay. Um, I, I, I guess I went tube making pretty close, right? Right. Um, you know, you know, we um um, you, you look, we we fell into it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh. Um, and, and, you know, we were naive, um, and, um, we sat and looked at it and we said, well, you know what, I mean? let's just give it a shot and see how it goes. And, and that was it. 
You know, we didn't know anything. I mean, I learned how to run a mill. I learned how to do the paperwork. I learned how to run a crane and load the truck. I mean, yeah, I, I learned how to run a slitter. I mean, we did whatever it took. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, here we are. I mean, most of all, I learned how to surround myself with, with great people who knew what they were doing, and I empowered them to go do it. And, um, and, and that's the beauty of this company. You know, it's not the bright, shiny equipment we have or, or this. It, it's the team we have and, and, and what they do and how they do it and how they execute it and how they watch each other's backs and how they take care of our customers and how they take, take care of our suppliers. And, uh, that's just, and we have a lot of fun. It's just great. Very good to hear. Um, so on that note, I mean, speaking of your father, did is can you point to maybe the best or some of the more, did he have any memorable advice that he gave you, um, either, you know, for life in general or just when it came to business? Oh, you know, I didn't have that much time with him, right? He died right at my, nine, you know, just a couple right. weeks after my 19th birthday. So, you know, um, um, I, it's not, not like I didn't talk to him. I spent time talking to him. Um, but, you know, the... the the takeaways, the takeaways are is that you, you know if, if you believe in something, you got to go fight for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do what you love to do. Oh, you know, always do the right thing and and give till it hurts. Right, mm-hmm. give back, give back, and um, and we did that. I mean, I gave when I didn't have anything to give, and um, you know maybe maybe I'm getting getting paid back. Maybe I paid it forward. I don't know, but you know my dad was. My dad was a big, big dreamer, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I can tell you, I'm exactly the same. You know, I, I will dream. I, I, I keep dreaming and find ways to get there and find ways to make that dream come true. And and some of them are pretty wild, you know. And <laughs> uh, and, I, and and then I look back and I I go, how did I get here? You know, and 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 we made the dream come true. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you know th- those those have been the, the fun parts. I wish he was around today. I, I would give anything to have a five minute conversation with him. You know, and um, um, but um, I, I think him passing uh, is why I why I'm here today. I mean, I, I think if he would have lived another year, the business would have been gone, and none of this would have happened. So. You know, out out of a uh, 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 you know big personal tragedy, um, a family tragedy came a great deal of of success, and I don't just mean that in making money. I mean that in making a life. You know, I I, I truly truly found what I love to do. I haven't worked a day in my life. This is I don't consider one day work. It's all fun. Good to hear. Well, so on that note, my my next question, my last question was going to be, what do you do? Uh, what are you enjoying when you're not working? You know, what do you do in your spare time? I have heard rumors um, about Ferraris and also a boat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big boater. Uh, I love cars. I, I, I race. Uh, I race in a Ferrari series. Although this year was cut short because we couldn't travel over to the U.S. for that. My my team right. couldn't. Um, uh, so I don't do that, but hey, I work out a lot. I'm, I, I play a lot of sports. I scuba. I mean, I do everything. I'm an adrenaline junkie. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I like that. So, uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll do anything. Right. And, and, um, you know, there's, there's no moss grows under my feet. So, 
you know, we, uh, we, but we do spend a lot of time boating and uh, I like cars and, uh, and certainly tennis and, you know, all those things. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm a pretty, I'm, I, I'm trying to be, get back to being an avid tennis player. <laughs> um, I must, yeah. 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 I, I have to ask. So, uh, in, in a Ferrari, what is the fastest you have ever driven? Like where did, where did you get the needle up to? Well, I, I've been 215 miles an hour um, <laughs> wow. in a car. I've been, two, I've been 200 miles an hour in a boat. Um, but uh, uh, on a racetrack, the fastest I've got would be at Daytona. It was about 195 Oof. going into turn one. So okay. that's... Um, but, but you know it's it's funny the 195 isn't the fast it's doing like 90 around a, a 90 or 120 around a, a, a around the corner right and, and and holding on so you know those are the scary moments but it's it's great it's 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 you in the car and the cars are identical so you're really testing out how good you are against others and how you set up the car and how you manage the tires and you know, just how good of a driver you are. It's, it's great. It's a lot of fun.